Okay, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, I'm going to be talking to you tonight. I've, if you've noticed over the last several Wednesday nights, with the exception of last, last week, Dad took care of last week because of not being in town. But um, I've been sort of trying to piggyback off of the Rise series. So this is going to be our last lesson on that last letter, that E-Equip. And we're going to be talking about just equipping or equip God's people. And I want, to, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4 with me and look at verse number 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verse number 11. The Bible says, and he, gave him, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come to the unity, everybody say unity, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature and the, of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be what? Children. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, who is Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Say that line with me one time. Which every part does its share. Let's read that one more time. Every part does its share. Everybody got that, right? How many knows that you are a part? <laughs> okay. Every part does its share. And, it, and when that happens, it causes growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. It causes growth in the body. Now, as I said earlier, we've been, we've been talking over the lo a lot over the last several weeks concerning RISE. Uh, we've been talking about God's church. We've been talking about rising from where we are, from, from where we are spiritually to where God wants us to be, not only individually but corporately as well. And so instead of us just what we would call meddling along, if you will, Brother Adam, in our comfort zone, because we all have those comfort zones, do we not? We all have those, those areas that we're comfortable in. We have those areas that we, we don't mind being a part of. We're comfortable in doing that. Where some of you are gifted in, in, uh, in decorating, others is not gifted in decorating. Where others is gifted in construction, others don't have a clue what's going, what, what, what construction is all about. Where some is, is gifted in all kinds of areas of singing and playing music or whatever the case may be, others may not be as comfortable in that zone, so to speak, but there is an area where you uh, can fulfill what God has called you to do. And so we stated even in our, in our, in our sermons and our lessons that, and we try to state this a, a lot. Matter of fact, every week it's on our bulletin that, that our purpose at Pathway is simply to connect people, to grow believers, and to share hope. Those three areas. We want to connect people together. We do this through, through preaching times like this, through Bible study times. We do that through uh, singing Christmas tree practice. We do that through the connect groups when we've come together as, as married couples and, and uh, raising chicken uh, people, you know, and all these kind of things. And, and let me just stop here long enough to say, if you're in here and you led a group, thank you guys very much. I hadn't been able to say that, but thank you for the last five weeks. You guys done an awesome. I heard nothing but good comments, I promise you. Our next group will start on the 29th, and I'm looking forward to that. So we, we want to connect people together through all those various means. We want to grow believers through teaching and through praying and, and equipping one another and, and maybe just testifying with one another. We want to try to, to get our believers to grow from where they are. And 
we definitely, in this, especially in this day and time, we want to share as much hope as we can. Because how many knows along with me that there's, there is no hope in our world today? It seems like. And it seems like that, that everybody that you talk to, matter of fact, my office this morning before lunch was like a revolving door, to be honest with you. And there was people coming in and people coming out. And I, I text Kim this morning, and I'm glad I did. I said, I need to stay home for about an hour. And I got a sermon. I got to finish up the sermon for Sunday. And I'm glad I did because if I, had, if, I would, if I would have come up here, I would have not been able to get done what I needed to get done. But since I've been up here at the office, it's just like a revolving door of, of people that has come in and, and issues and, and problems and things. And I've and, and got to be honest, Sister Jeanette, I scratch my head sometimes and said, Lord, what, what is going on here? Because, again, and you heard me say this, since we've started this Rise campaign, it seems like, it seems like the, the bottom has fell out. Well, that sort of lets me know that we're on the right track. It lets me know that God is doing something, and God has been blessing. And even in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on, there's been people that has been blessed, and there's been people that's been touched, and couples that's been blessed, and couples that's been ministered to, and I've had phone calls and, and text messages and all of that of, of, of how much they enjoyed, enjoyed what was going on. So we want to connect people together. We want to grow believers. We want to share hope. I don't want us to ever get to thinking this way. There was a guy that visited a very large church one Sunday, and after church, the pastor came up and asked him, did he have a home church? And the guy said, no, I'm looking for a church. He said, well, what kind of church are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for a very small, that you don't have to get involved very much kind of church. Well, that's sort of, that's sort of lowballing it, isn't it, in, in your spiritual mindset, because I believe the Lord told us in the Word to go out and compel them to come, Right? I believe he told us to go into the highways and the byways and the hedges and all of these places and try to get them to come. Center folk. So, so we never need to be satisfied with just where we are. Never need to be satisfied with just the status quo. We always ought to be thinking we've got to get one more. There's got to be one more that we can, we can share the message of Jesus Christ. And if we can get that one more, then we can still be able to equip God's people, because I believe this with all of my heart. There are people out in our community that needs to be in this church, not because we're the, we're the, first, the, the top of the church in this community. That's not what I'm talking about. But God has assigned, I believe, some people to this church for a particular reason, for, for, a, for a particular talent or ability that they have that we need and, and they need to be fulfilled together, to put them together. And not only, I, don't, I not only believe that for this church, but all the churches in Blavel. We don't have no center shortage in Blyville. Amen. There's enough folk in our community that we ought to be able to fill up every church in this, in this area. And so we've got to do our part. So our goal always should be one more. And that's God's hope. That's God's desire. Matter of fact, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, said it this way. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He's not slack, one translation said. As some understand slackness, but he is patient with you not wanting that anyone should perish, but that everyone to come to, everyone to come to repentance. What did he say? He said everybody to come to repentance. And so in addition to that, to reaching the lost and connecting with people, then our purpose then on that last letter of that rise is simply we want to edify the people that comes. We want to give them something, Sister Mavis, that they can, that they can hang on to, so to speak. I don't know about you, but I enjoy coming to church and leaving, Brother Adam, feeling like I've been into the house of God. I enjoy leaving knowing that I've been in, in the presence of God. 
I enjoy leaving knowing that God is blessed and God has come through and God has touched me from my head down to my foot. You know what I'm talking about? That we feel rich in our spirit. So we want to edify the saints. That is simply we want to help people grow. And, and, and I know this is very simplistic tonight. And, and, and sometimes we've got to get back to basics a lot of times. Because, and you've heard me say this before, we don't ever need to, need to stay at the place where we was 10, 15 years ago. We're not growing if that's the case. We need to be growing every day, amen? Whether through our prayer life, through our reading of the scriptures, through our study, whatever the case may be, through our talking and conversating. I met with, with Brother Jimmy Russell who was sitting right here Tuesday morning and I was sitting up here and we was able for about 15 or 20 minutes to share with one another things in our, in our, in our prayer life and things in our devotion life that he was going through and situations. And it was uplifting. I mean, that was even before we prayed. But it was uplifting to be able to talk to him because through that conversation, I believe that I grew a little bit. I believe that he grew a little bit. I'm always reminded several, several months ago, maybe in years now, that I, as a matter of fact, I made a sermon out of a phrase that he said one, one prayer service over at Brother Pinky's church. When he made this statement, he said he, he started to pray, and he said, God, I'm trying to remember what you looked like when I first met you. Well, when he said that, Brother Michael, that hit me like a ton of brick. I mean, you think about that. You think about you Christians that's been in the, in the way. You know, we used to say that in church years ago. That's been in the way some 15, 20, and 25, 30 years, 40 years. Think about what Christ looked like to you then. And what does he look like today to you? Is he still the same? Is it still fresh to you? Is it still vibrant to you? Or have you lost some of that, have you lost some of that zeal that we had when we first met Christ? And when Brother Russell said that, I told him, I stopped him after, after prayer meeting. I said, Brother Russell, I said, can I use that? He said, what are you talking about? I said, that first sentence you said in prayer, can I use that to develop a sermon? And I made a sermon, and I sent it to him. I don't know if he preached it or not. But, Lord, I'm trying to remember what you looked like when I first met you. Well, in order for us to remember what he looked like, we've got to be growing day by day. We've got to be increasing day by day. Now, many of you know that, that a couple's greatest joy is their first uh, baby that's, that's being born. I mean, all the excitement is there. I mean, you go, through the, you go through the thing, even today, you go through the thing about a reveal party, and if it's a boy or if it's a girl. You know, they got all these fancy things that they do. You'll, you'll see people out in the field taking a gun and shooting something out there with that explosion, Brother Chuck, and it's either explodes pink or it explodes blue, and, you know, for that reveal. So it's a big thing, you know, this first, this first child. And so when that child is born, you guys know what I'm talking about. You're constantly changing diapers. You're constantly putting food in that, in that child's mouth. You're, you're losing sleep, and you're trying to figure out why this baby is crying. And, and the joy of this new birth is followed by the responsibility of caring for this child and raising that child. And we all know that babies are cute, and, and nobody, nobody you know, thinks it a, a great when a person, though, remains a baby for 20 years. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I would have issues if Adam and Abby, at this age that she's at right now, if I still had to change her diaper. I got issues with that. I got, I got issues, you know, if I still had to feed her with a spoon and wipe her mouth and all these kind of things. Now, I understand there are children today that can't help those things because of diseases and because of things like that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a person that ought to grow up that don't grow up. Hello. I'm talking about people that, it, that should be responsible. That's not responsible. I'm talking about folk that ought to know when to wipe their mouth 
but don't wipe their mouth. And I'm looking from a spiritual standpoint here. Y'all understand me, right? So we love babies, but we expect every baby to grow. 1 Peter 2 and 2 says this, Like newborn babies, they crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. That through that, you're going to grow up in your salvation. Everybody say grow up. You're going to grow up. So how many, how many agrees with me that maturity sometimes takes time? It does. Maturity takes time. God can grow a squash in three months. He can grow a fruit in a, in a particular amount of time. It, it, but, but he's not interested in growing Christian squashes. It may take just three months to grow that, but you need to be more than a Christian squash. There's more to your Christian walk. There's more to your Christian salvation. There's more to this relationship that the Lord wants to have with you. This relationship he wants to have with you is an intimate relationship. This relationship he wants to have with you is he's jealous. He don't want you to have anybody else that you're serving. He don't want you to have anybody else that you're worshiping, so to speak. He wants to be that person. So we want to equip God's people for service. In other words, to help them find their gifts, find their abilities, and unleash them for ministry. And so our purpose then as God's people is simply not just to, to sit down and chill. It's not just to sit idly by or just exist or maintain a course until Christ comes again. Uh, but rather, we want, to, we want to continue to move. We want to continue to be involved in where God wants to take us. And where God has got us at today, it may be somewhere totally different next year. Where God has got us at this year may be somewhere totally different than he wants to, he wants to take us, and he's developing us today. I'm, I'm, I'm so, without calling names, I'm so, I'm so blessed, I'm so proud of some folk that we've got in our church that I've been able to see visibly how God has brought them to the place that they are now, from where they were, from the, from the baby spiritually maybe that they were at to where they are now as an adult in Christ from a spiritual standpoint. And I've been blessed to watch the growth. At the same time, I know some folks that's supposed to be adults in Christ, but they're no longer adults in Christ. They've sort of went backwards a little bit. They've went back. What is the movie they played years ago? It was, it was I think Brad Pitt was the star, and, uh, and, and he, was, he was born, and was it, he was born an old man or whatever, and he, and he regressed. The whole movie was him regressing back to a child. Anybody remember that? Benjamin Button, that's what it was. I saw bits and pieces of it, but I got the concept. Well, from a, from a spiritual standpoint, that's not what God wants us to do. God wants to start out maybe as a baby with milk, but he don't want us to stay on milk. There comes a point in time we've got to learn, to learn to eat the meat of the word. There comes a point in time we've got to grow up in Christ. Amen. We've got to grow up in Christ. And so we learn then to equip ourselves. We learn to be about our Father's business. Every person in God's family, I believe, is expected. I believe God expects. I believe every person in God's family is expected to serve. Nobody's been left out. Well, Pastor, I'm 85 years old. I don't care. You may not be able to go door to door anymore because your legs and hip is give out. But there's still some things that you can do. There's some abilities that you have. There's some dreams. There's some vision. There's some experiences that us young folk need to have. We need to listen to you. We need to come together on those things. And so the Bible tells us, states it that, that by God's grace that we're saved by grace. And it's the gift that God offers to every single individual. Every single individual. 
And what Paul is trying to tell us here, he's not saying that we're saved in differing amounts, but he's saying that we do receive different gifts to some apostles, some teachers. There's different gifts. There's different things that we're, that we're gifted with. There's different abilities that we're gifted with. Now, we've, we've laughed about this, and we've, I've poked fun with you a little bit about this, that, that if you already know and everybody else knows that you can't sing, then don't sing. Just hum. You don't need to join the choir. You don't need to be in, in the Christmas program thing in Christmas tree just to set up in the tree. <laughs> Now, they may need some space, some bodies up there just to look good and just open your mouth and move. I don't know. But if you can sing, then sing. If you can play, then play. If you can be a part of that, then be a part of that in order to, to share the giftings and share the abilities and share the talents that God has got. Because if you're not using it, you're not using what God gives you. And if you're not using it, you can't equip anybody else to use it, right? Because you're not, you're not using that. Romans 12 and 4 says this, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same functions, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have differing gifts according to the grace given in us. This just come to my mind. Everybody can't go to the jailhouse like Brother Glenn goes to the jailhouse. Some of you will freak out if you go in there and the jail door is closed behind you. I remember, Brother Glenn, the first time I went to the jailhouse. I was, in, I was excited about it. I was enthused about going with Brother Don Childers, and I was going to be teaching, going to be singing that day. But I remember the first day I walked behind that gate, and they closed that gate behind me. I thought, oh, Lord, are they going to let me out? And then it didn't get any better. They led me into a cafeteria room, which is probably still there, and they had bars all around that cafeteria room, and they had a guy over here with a shotgun and a guy over here with a shotgun. And Brother Don says, don't worry about it. Nothing really has happened but the state law of Arkansas. If something does break out, they are allowed to shoot. I said, well, what if we're in here when something breaks out? He said, hit the floor. <laughs> well, that didn't help my feelings too much, but everybody just can't do that. But some people can. Brother Glenn's been able to do that and been able to minister to the folks that's in the, that's in the prison and been able to share with him. So we all have those differing gifts. And so we've got to understand something about God, that God does not give us something that he does not expect us to use. If he gives it to you, he expects you to use it. Right? Would, would everybody agree with me? So if he gives it to us, he's expecting us to use it. Now, we all know the story about the, about the parable of the talents. You're right. A man called his servants together, gave one man five talents, gave another man two talents, gave another man one talent. When the man returned, the servant had been given the five talents, right? The Bible said he went out and he doubled that. He got another five talents. The one that he'd given two, he doubled that. He had got four. But the one that he gave one, what did he say? The Bible said he went and he hid it in the ground because he thought the taskmaster was a hard taskmaster he didn't even put it in the bank to make interest off of it he just hid it and the lord told him you're a wicked and slothful servant in other words you've got a talent but you went and hid it i don't now i'm gonna tell you something church if that doesn't hit us in the face i don't know what will tonight because i'm gonna tell you there are people in churches all across america tonight that has giftings that has talents that is is buried in the ground and the Lord told this guy, he said, you're a wicked and slothful servant. Now, when I stand before the Lord, Brother Adam, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I want to hear you're a faithful servant. I want to hear, well done. I want to hear, come on in. I don't want to hear, depart from me. But I wonder 
Is it possible then if we don't use our talents, and I'm not going to answer this, I'm just going to throw this out there for you to chew on a little bit. Is it possible if we don't use our talents, is that enough to keep us out of heaven? I wonder. I know we're saved by grace. I know we don't have to do nothing to be saved. I get that. But once we're saved, Sister Jeanette, and we know the right thing to do, are we obligated then <laughs> to fulfill those things? Chew on it a little bit. Go study it out. When we first believe, we've got a, when we first come to the Lord, we've got a lot of growing up to do. We know that. But there comes a time, and it's time to take off the bib, and it's time to take off the apron, and it's time to go to work for the Lord's kingdom, equipping the saints, equipping. Babies wear bibs. Babies expect others to meet their needs. Babies cry until they get their way. But I didn't mean to go here tonight, but I got to I, I tell you, there's been some church folks that cries until they get their way in our midst. I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about in, this, in, the, in God's kingdom. You know what I mean? I've met some of them. You have too. And God wants us to grow. God wants us to, to mature in him. So the Bible tells us we've been equipped to serve. And so our responsibility, and if that's the case, I preached to you a couple Sundays ago about no more excuses, you've, been, you've already been equipped. Right? You remember that? And so we've been equipped to serve. And so our responsibility as a church is to equip others as well, to help them to be involved as well. And uh, now I understand that we've got a concept sometimes that some, people, that some people feel like, well, I've put my money in the offering plate, so it's not my job. That's, that's, that's my talent. That's my ability. And I know there's, there's, there, there was a story I read the other day about, about a guy that was upset, got upset with his pastor. And he went and had a meeting, Brother Larry, with his pastor. And he said, hey, did you go visit so-and-so like I told you to? And the pastor says, no, I didn't, did you? And the guy got, got upset and says, no, that's what we pay you for. Well, I, I, can, I know a church of that way right now that I could give you their name, but I ain't going to. But, but I understand that it may be part of the pastor's responsibility but it's not all the pastor's responsibility. We as God's people and God mem God's uh, members in the, house of, uh, how, in the house, it's our responsibility as well. Because really all of us are preachers of the gospel. And people sometimes will say things, well, I can't wait until, I, until we get a youth minister. That way I can give up my class. I don't have to do that. And, and we've heard that before and we've heard all kinds of things. But, but that's not the way, when you look at the scripture, that's really not the way the scripture talks about, is it? It's really not what God is, is telling us so why then has God given us some to serve as leaders in the church? And it simply is this, is to prepare God's people for the works of service. It's to lead God's people to service. Some people may not really know what they're supposed to do. And you need to lead them and direct them into the way and the area that they should go. Some of you that's been through New Beginnings class, you know what I'm talking about, or Connect class, when we, when we make a statement. Brian and Shonda, you remember this from just a few weeks ago that a lot of times when we, when we try to talk to people about the, what they're gifting and talents, it's already there inside them. It's already there. And a lot of times I'll have people just to look at their hands and say, well, what do you see in your hands? What do you enjoy doing? Some will say, well, I enjoy reading. Okay, well, then how can we use that in the body of Christ? I mean, think about it. How can we use reading in the body of Christ? There's all kinds of things you can do to build up and edify. Have you ever thought about, Brother Adam, uh, have, has anybody ever thought about going to a nursing home and, and get with some of those people and just reading the Bible to them? That's a ministry within itself because they, some of them can't read themselves. But how many, how many of them would really enjoy somebody coming, spending 15, 10, 15 minutes with them in reading? So, so what are your talents? Well, I enjoy shopping. Really? Well, surely you can't use shopping in the body of Christ. Well, why can't you? 
Why can't you use shopping in the body of Christ? There's all kinds of things to do in the house of God that shopping is concerning. There's decorating. We're going to be remodeling, so we're going to have to have some decorating stuff done. There's, there's uh, going and, and, and just maybe changing a room of an elderly person that's just getting tired of sitting in their living room and looking at their... They just might want to have a picture changed, but they can't do it because they can't get up and get up on a ladder anymore. There's all... And so our mind, our thinking is small at times. We, 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 we block ourselves into a box when there's all kinds of ways. Matter of fact, he's not here tonight. Sister, Sister uh, Laura is. But Brother David, I was telling Brother David... The other day we was talking, I think it was last Sunday. This past Sunday I was telling Brother David somehow enough I got up on our joints, got talking about our joints hurting. I said, well, Brother David, my joints hurt too. My knees hurt. Man, it's hard. I can't get up and get down sometimes. He said, I'll go get something for you after church. Well, I didn't think nothing else about it. He asked me, did you take this such and such? I don't even know what it's called. It starts with a big C, chlora something. But anyway, huh? Chlorazine or chlorazine or something. I didn't know it's a, it's a supplement thing. And so I didn't think nothing about it, but I got home. We was eating lunch, and here comes Brother David with a big box of these supplements. I said, Brother David, I didn't know you was coming. He said, I told you I was coming. This is part of my ministry. Well, he just answered my lesson tonight. That's, to him, that was part of what he felt like God is calling him to do, to help his pastor, to go get his pastor. He need, his pastor needed something to help his joints. So he went to the store and got it, and I've been taking them. And I, he told me it's going to take about two weeks to get in your system, but I really think they're working now, Sister Laura. I think God expedited the two weeks, to be honest with you. I really do. And he told me, he said, chew two of them up a day. And I've been chewing them up every day. Well, we have those, we have those things that God has placed in us. And so God expects us to use what God has given us. I wondered this week and thought for a minute about serving. And do you understand that we, that we I, I, I tried to count it, I, and I may have missed somebody. But do you understand on any given Sunday here at this church, we have 15 people, around 15 people or 16 people teaching in some area of this church every Sunday. We've got around 7 to 10 people playing music in this church every Sunday. We've got about 3 that works in the sound booth with audio and and lights and media. We've got about 6 or 7 ushers, depending on what what is happening on a Sunday. Don't we, Brother Larry, every Sunday that they're, they're working. We've got about nine greeters that's standing at the door at different places. We've got about one person that I know that's cleaning the building throughout the week. We've got about eight people that's working in what I call the ministry of helps. And I counted all those up, Sister Mavis. That's 56 people, and I may have missed some, that is doing something on Sunday morning so that you could come in here and sit on a pew and be blessed. 56 people. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. And I want it to continue to grow. I don't want to be satisfied with that. Around 50 to 60 people every Sunday. And so that is the effect or the result of a church when that church or those individuals is equipped for ministry. So many other things that can be done. So many other things. Because maturity is going to happen. When maturity happens in a body, ministry will take place as it does every week. When maturity takes place in a body, ministry will take place. When maturity happens, the message of Christ is proclaimed. When maturity happens. You know what happens when maturity doesn't happen? You fuss and feud all the time. And ministry doesn't go forth. People will come in our front doors and say, if that's what serving Christ is all about, I don't want no part of it. 
I mean, these folks call themselves Christians, and they can't, they can't even get along with one another. Why do I want to be a part of that? Ministry doesn't take place then. Those negative things like that, ministry can't take place in that, in that way. You know what I'm talking about? So when maturity happens, all that works together will be healthy. All that works together will be growing. All that works together will be connecting together as the body of Christ. When we stay connected to the, to the what? The true vine. To that vine. Amen. Matthew 28 says, Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And so the word that comes to my mind when I read that scripture is simply this, go, go. As we go, we ought to make disciples. As we go, we ought to introduce people to Christ. As we go, we ought to baptize them. As we go, people will be edified. As we go, we'll be teaching them to obey God's commands. As we go, we're going to continue to grow, and we're going to continue to serve, and we're going to continue to do what God has called us to do. Amen? How many believe that's possible tonight? I really do. I believe it's possible when our focus, I told you Sunday to make a conscious choice this week to step up a little higher. Make a conscious choice to move up from where we are. Some of you have done that. You, you've, you've texted me and you've, you've said that. You've, you've made those statements. You've done that. And I'm, I'm proud of you. Well, let's continue to do that. Let's make a conscious choice. Now, I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you what happened. And some of y'all will, will agree with me because it may have already happened to you. When you make a conscious choice to do that, the enemy ain't going to like you. I can tell you right now, he ain't, he ain't going to like the decision that you're going to make. Because he's going to say, hey, something done gone wrong with this person. They done come alive. You know, they're changing some things. They're not that status quo anymore. They're, they just don't come sit on the pew just to come sit on the pew. No, no. You're making, a, you're making a change in your heart and in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your many blessings. We bless you for everything that you mean to us tonight. God, help us to be equipped to do your service. Help us, oh God, to be equipped to fulfill where you've called us to fulfill. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.